Hello and welcome to episode six of What's Good with your host Kente. I'm joined by Shannon. She's uh, sitting in with me today. How you doing, Shannon? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. This is episode six of What's Good. And we have a special guest today. This guy goes by Mike Truth and also Boogie. What's up, man? Hey, what's good? What's good? How, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Now, now you um let's talk about some of your, your origin story, right? Currently we know you are in like the Toronto area, right? Yes, I am. It's yes. Now where are you from? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. Actually there's South Brampton because like um but to the world is Toronto, but I'm I'm in a part of the GTA called Brampton. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like an Atlanta, um, College Park slash Atlanta type of situation. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I didn't know it was that cool over there. <laughs> All right. So now, where are you from originally? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm born in Ghana, West Africa, Ghana. Mm-hmm. So, and um, I'm raised in New York City, in the Bronx, and I moved around a lot, like uh, from so the Bronx and then Montreal. And then after that, like, I, I stayed in Atlanta, New Brunswick, like all over the world. Okay. So, um, where'd you go to high school? Mm-hmm. Um, in um, Clinton, Dewey Clinton, in the Bronx, New York. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, how much do you consider New York part of uh, who you are? Um, A lot. Like, I became a man, actually, like, um, I became a man in New York City. Like by the time I reached eighteen, like my manners and my thinking pattern was very much New York, and then, but like, I'm like a hybrid of everything, though, because um, growing up, you had basically like the like so, you're growing up in the United States, but the household is very like African, like our uh, manners, like everything was very much like um, African, like Ghanaian, very much. So it was like a two different worlds. And then during my summertime, I would go to Montreal to learn French. So it was like another set of like, you know, experience. Um, but I, I, I still always like, I used to put myself in New York a lot. So like, um, I think recently I'm just, I guess I'm repping Toronto. In Toronto. Okay. Now, now you speak several different languages, right? Yes, I do. I do, I do. What languages do you speak? So I speak, um, so from, from Ghana, I speak Ga, Fancy, and Tree. And then um, I speak Spanish, English, and then French. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, so you know what? You the guy to hire if I got to go on the world around the world trip. So you got me covered in most of my bases. So that's pretty dope. So when you get mad though, what language do you pop off in mostly? You know what's funny? It depends on who, who um, I'm around, and, and that's the funniest thing. So um, like a lot of my crew. So ironically, like, a lot of people that cover it, they also like. Uh, so my best friend, he speaks four languages, and it's the weirdest thing. We always speak French when we're telling each other, and when let's say I'm around him or like other people that speak French, I will cuss in French. But then if I'm around English speaking people, it's just English comes out. It's like it's like the it's the weirdest thing. Do do you ever um do you ever uh you know drop a little French when you want to impress the ladies? You know. When I was younger, I, I used to do that, though. <laughs> I still got friends who do that to this day, but when I was younger, like, I used to be friends, and, and then it's like, so, like, depending on where, where I'm at. So, um, I, like, a lot of it's, like, um, my female friends in New York, like, because Spanish is, like, very common, so they, they don't really care, but I, I would, I would, 
je parle français et tout ça, et je change de langue, so I change languages, so I speak French, you know, hey, whatever. And then over here, like a lot, a lot of people, they, they speak French, so I just basically changed up in Spanish, and hey, boom. Hey man, I, I use it. I I would use it too though. I would, every you got to use every tool in your toolbox sometimes. <laughs> you got to use everything you got, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So um, now now you see now you grew up in the Bronx as well. So uh, now that's the birthplace of hip hop. So was that where you first fell in love with uh, hip hop music? You know what? I would like, I would like to think so, but like, like I was mentioning, so when I was growing up, I, I grew up very much like my my mindset was uh, like a, a West African Ghanaian kid. However, though, when I would, I would go to school, then obviously I had in seven, probably one or five movies. So like, I would still be um, submerged in American culture, but it was like this. Like I was, I, I, I don't know um, how to explain it, but. I wasn't as connected to hip hop as I am now, even though I, I grew up in the Bronx. Like, it was much more so, like, I'm African, I'm watching, like, um, like Americans live out what they do. And that was, like, my experience. And then, I, and growing up, I, I embodied more on the American side. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, now, you know, we come... To- uh, most people in this community, we come to know you because you were uh, one of the co-hosts of the Elephant Room with uh, the one and only L.A. Wade. And uh, one thing that I always appreciated about you was that you were never afraid to, to speak your mind when it came to political, uh, you know, even political commentary, whether whatever, whatever what side it fell on. And um, so uh, just talk about, like, where did that come from, that... Um, you know, being political and really, you know, having, you know, the courage to speak on uh, different political, uh, you know, things. You know, like, that's a good question because um, I remember like, growing up, I was very um, quiet, observant, like, observant, very observant. And I, I believe it's like, so my experience in New York as well, so it's like the, like, I guess the paradox, like, which is Michael, <laughs> like, um, Growing up, growing up with like a West African mindset, but when I would go to school, I would basically like hang around like, with a lot of kids who were like really off the street. So I, 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 hung, I hung around with a lot of kids that were in gangs. And there was a lot of basically, how can I say this? Like, there was a lot of activities that didn't really make me fear life. Like, kind of seen a lot of people, people getting shot that right into my eyes being in those situations and so there was like a certain like uh, fearlessness that I noticed that like I had that I had developed subconsciously and I only noticed that when I moved to Canada when I was like this fuck man I'm, I'm, I grew up in New York like fuck it like blah blah and so it was like that always was there and when I was when I moved to Canada that's when like my black experience really like uh it was really something where I noticed because I, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that I, I would notice while I'm in the Bronx, but it's the part of Canada that I had moved in, that I had moved back into. So, during my summer times, I'll be in Montreal, like my immigrants, like in a place where a lot of immigrants were not, so it was cool. But when I moved it by myself to the capital, which is Ottawa, to school, that's when it hit me, I'm like, oh shit, I'm like the only, <laughs> only black person here. There's so many experiences that, a lot of people like in the capital they would take it 
but I was like, fuck, like, why, why you guys letting these people talk to y'all? Like, that was like, it just, and it just grew and developed over time. You, th- you know, that's very interesting. Let's talk about that because, um, you know, being on the East Coast, being in New York, there's a certain kind of mindset that a lot of black people have. And then black people who may be in Toronto, um, um, I don't know how, how much different it is. So kind of give us an idea what the black community is like in comparison to like a, a New York. I think that um, black folk, like melanated folks, I should say, um, here in um Canada, they live a very suppressed life. Because I feel like there's a lot going on inside that um, they would probably like to express. But it's like, uh, I think things are kind of changing now, but like before, like, they, they wouldn't be able to kind of fully ex- express what it is. Because like the, the system here is a, it's a very covert system where there's a lot of discrimination, a lot of like, you know, like race, racism, but it's well hidden. While that in the United States, it tends to be very blatant. So like you, know, like you find a lot more uh, like, ex- like Americans who are expressive, while the Canadians they express a lot of things. Very very um, few people that you know you find that express themselves. You know, um, they often talk about Canadians being so nice and polite and <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and we've met, you know, especially in this platform and being in social media, we met a lot of Canadians who definitely didn't destroy that that myth. Yeah. Um, but do you find that, uh, you know, as being how long have you been in Canada now? Oh, okay. So, so that's a good, yeah, that's a good. So how do you, I mean, you know, how how do you judge the people? I mean, the non-melanated and melanated. Uh, is it as nice as we think it is? Are the people just, they seem so chipper and, you know, with their maple syrup and their, yeah. you know, and I, I, their A's and, you know. Yo, honestly, like, like it's people's interesting experience because, like, when you say nice, right, nice is, um, it's almost like a construct in a sense even nice like nice itself is it's a construct because like, I mean people like I find people in the United States I like upfront people and so people in the United States Caucasian or not like they would hey hi how you doing they're expressing like that and over here like I think people are polite because it's just a nice thing to do but still you can kind of feel a certain energy whereas to like like I don't know, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, if it feels almost forced at times, but there are some 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 people, like, a lot of nice people here too. Right? I don't know, like the well, fine line. Now, there's two there's two things we always want to know about when it comes to a place, especially us guys. Mm-hmm. Is what are the women like, and what are the uh food, the, the, what is the cuisine like? So you could take you can take whatever one you want to do first. So, as someone who transplanted there, what is it like the the women there, and what is the uh, cuisine like there? Okay, so I'll save like the best for last. So I'm gonna talk about food first. Um, the food is good, like you know, like, like especially in Toronto, there's like a variety of things. You have uh, different ethnicities, like here, like it's a, it's a melting pot of different cultures. So whatever like you're into, you can find uh, over here. Like so. There's like amazing cuisine, like some of the best restaurants here in Toronto, and then depending like where you are, food, food's pretty good. You know, food is good. It's, it's it's just like New York City, like you can find 
like anything you want, any cuisine you want. I mean, there's there's some um, restaurants that you know, have in the United States that you don't have here in Canada, and I think there's one or two they may have here that you don't have in the United States. So, you know, like food. Is that like New York? <laughs> yeah, very similar. Very similar to New York City. Like, uh, I hear that, yeah. Like, people used to basically um, call Toronto, like, the, like, like Little New York. Because even yeah, even downtown, it, like it resembles um, Times Square and stuff like that. So like, that's you know that's that and that's food. But now onto the women. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, honestly, like Toronto, Canada has some of the most beautiful like women. Like honestly, like, like hands down, like, I think um, Toronto, Canada has like a lot. Of, come on, like I mean, you guys seen which like um, my friends, LA, CC, if you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's like a lot of like like um beautiful women here and like they're very um so to kind of go back to when you're talking about people being polite and whatnot because the system has you know has I guess made people want to live up to that um that reputation of being polite and nice I find that basically people here are um they are approachable if you're not from here. Mm, okay. Mm, very yeah. pushy if you're not from here. But if you're if you're from Toronto, then yeah, a lot of people like sometimes like um, there's a word here called stush. Like, stush meaning stuck up. Oh, okay. I never heard that one. No, that's new, new to me. Mm. Um, now are there what is like something that's authentically Canadian as far as cuisine? Because I always hear about they have good like, you know, Jamaican food or whatever. Do they? What's like their authentic? What's authentically Canadian that um, is pretty good, or not? <laughs> um, I like I, I love poutine. Like I actually like poutine. Uh, poutine is um basically it's fries with um curd curd cheese and gravy sauce, and um there's some places where like you can add chicken or like whatever it is that, that, that you want to top. It's it's pretty good. Oh, so okay. that's like yeah, that's really Canadian, and then um. And then because there's like a huge influx of like, you know, immigrants from here and stuff, you have, um, I guess you could say basically like, um, what you call it? Well, I won't say jerk chicken, that's like a, a Caribbean dish. Like mm -hmm. You have like, you have different cuisines, but in native Canadian, poutine, maple syrup. Like, yeah, maple syrup, so yeah. Mm, maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I think of, right? When you think of Canada, right? You think of maple syrup, hockey, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, um, and um, the whole cast of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and then, there you go. So that's that's like my. And then um, I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, oh my God, what's his name? Those uh, Jen. If Jen is here, she can help me out. Uh, that old um, SL SCTV bit uh, with the two Canadian guys, the uh, the brothers, the uh, the drink the beer. Um, that was like my kind of first Canadian. Um, I can't believe I can't think of it right now. So, uh, D Bob and Doug McKenzie. There you go. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, that see that's that's old school. So that's uh that's some old school stuff. But um. I think. What about funnel cakes? Oh okay. Oh yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's so much here that is like, there's so many different cultures here that you could kind of get lost. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Like, um, there's this thing called beaver tails. Um, so in Toronto, in this area, 
there's this thing there's a spot called um canada's wonderland mm -hmm. and it's it, it's almost like six flags of sort and over there they got things like front front of cake beaver tails and them type of food so mm -hmm. it was a very good yeah funnel cake thanks guys <laughs> well, you gotta come up here now. And of course, Canadian bacon. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I don't eat bacon, but... can, can, well, you know, I mean, at least I, I think about it when I think of it. <laughs> so there you go. Coconut cream pie from. Oh, yeah. And what's that? Uh, Tim Hortons, right? Yeah. Yes. Tim Hortons. Yes. So. <laughs> I, I've never been. I just know that it's a Canadian thing, right? And I think they got some in like Michigan, maybe. Yeah, and like Buffalo. It's kind of like uh, y'all pickly wiggly, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess like um, the close comparison back then would have been uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, let's talk about uh, hip hop. And, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I grew up on hip hop, a lot of us have. And. Uh, I know you. You know, I know you. This is gonna be education for Shannon because I, I grew up on hip hop. Get it out. Really? Who'd you like? Who'd you like, Shannon? Growing up. Um. Who did I like growing up? Uh. Well, everybody. Okay. There you, there you go. All right. There you go. Um. No, I'm with you about who's the best. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. So, like, first of all, who were you? Some of your hip hop influences. Um. Karis One. Fuck. Biggie, Big L. Big L. Yeah, Big Pun. Andre 3000. Okay. Uh, Nas. Jay-Z. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, a lot of yours are, are deceased. Yeah, know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Big L, Biggie, and Tupac, they're not with us no more, unfortunately. Yeah, they. Oh my God, those are oh. some of the greatest. So, are you a are are you a lyrics guy or a beat guy? Oh, like lyrics all day. Okay, cool. That's me too. I, I'm a you know I'm old school when it comes to that. It's all about the lyrics with me. So, um, I you know I think that um, Karis One is in, definitely on the Mount Rushmore, and uh, I would say that and he's I, he's the second most quoted rapper of oh, all time, so next to Rakim. Rakim's the most quoted rapper of all time. Oh, wow. So. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I'm a huge fan, obviously. So, um, at what age did you want to start ra rapping? Man, so mine was like honestly, my story is like the, like the weirdest, the weirdest thing ever. Was. So, I like I was dating somebody before, and she was a singer, and we had moved to Atlanta, and I used to write and stuff. I used to like, sing like, that. like I used to write, and I started writing poetry. And I, I, I would have like a lot of things written, but never like you know I want I never really wanted to perform it. You say right, right, right. And it was actually when we moved here to Canada, like when we moved back, like me and her, that we basically I basically started like um, thinking about performing and you know like um, rapping and like one of my skills. And yeah, so like a, like I'm I'm a late bloomer, sure. Okay. How would you describe your style? Oh my God! So um, basically, like um, we are doing our own brand, and we actually are naming like our own genres. Um, calling it fra fra music, 
because our style is a bit different. Um, we mix all four languages, like four languages. So, so we basically rap in four languages, like on the same track, the same beat. So it's something that like um, it's very, very like different, very unique. Cause, like not too, too many people have heard anything like like what, what, what me and my crew do. Uh, it's um, it's a mixture of basically like street. Um, we touch on like some political things, but it's much more like party club. Like it's it's like a it's like a mixture. Like we, we touch on different things, but we touch different cultures. It's really smart because the uh, African as well as the uh, uh, European, uh, mm-hmm. sp- specifically out of the UK, mm-hmm. uh, is blowing up as far as hip hop. Uh, you know, I mean, it was they always had a presence, but it's actually gone up. And mm-hmm. to be able to rap in different languages and stuff, it makes your music much more global. I remember years ago, they they weren't a rap group, but there was a group uh, out of Africa called Lenubians, and they yes. they sang in French. And I remember the story of they came out to America for the first time, and they just, they thought they had to change their music to English, mm-hmm. and then they started singing in English, and they got booed at the um, Apollo. And yeah. it was, and then they told the audience, told them, "No, we, we want the French version." Even though they, none of them knew French, but that's how they come to love their music. So, it, it showed that you can convey a feeling. You don't necessarily, you don't necessarily need to know what the lyrics mean. But if you, but they, if you ever knew what those lyrics are that they were singing about, it was so powerful that it translated in a way, you know, um, in your just your vibes that they gave off. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's really a beautiful thing. So have you, you guys are kind of tapping into that kind of world hip hop market. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, and that's so true. Like, so what you're saying is so true. So um, the genre of beats that you're talking about is called Afro beats. Mm-hmm. So Afro beats is basically like, it's like the next thing. Like, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the now thing. Like everywhere you go. So like, I mean, like people now are hearing, you know, the video, if I tell you, say, I love you and all of them. Like, like um, all in tracks, but it's like a whole what you call it, like it's like a whole wave like that's coming in. Like here in Toronto, we're actually in Toronto at the right time because there's so many different artists here that are actually multilingual as well. Mm-hmm. And they they rap, they they sing, and and, and all of that. So we're kind of creating like a new sound here, like um, from Toronto. And mm-hmm. It's just honestly, it's just like it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, 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 a, it's a global sound, yeah, coming from Toronto. It's just amazing. And and you don't really need to know what they're saying, exactly. but it, it conveys though. It's 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 and something. Like, it's mm. the energy behind it, and it's the, um, it's the energy. Like honestly, because like like even now, it's like um. So during these times, what what we decided to do is like perform on other people's lives and things like that. And we have like a few pieces that that me and, me and my boy we do together. And honestly, we have the four languages like going like back to back, and then we, we do a poetry piece. And people like, so we, we go from Spanish, Portuguese, so he, he speaks Portuguese, Portuguese, um, French, and then English. And people be going crazy, like, yo, I don't know what y'all said, but the energy is like mad. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, let's talk about live performing because, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are great in the booth. You know, uh, they can, you know, they can go in, the, they can go in the studio, right? They can go in the studio and with the help of, uh, you know, a great engineer and Jesus, <laughs> you know, 
but Andy. but when you on stage though, Jesus said, "Let me see what you got." <laughs> so so, what is it like for you uh, performing in front of people and you know? Honestly, then, like I love it because like um for, for us as well, like our life performances, like what basically we do because we with different people. For me personally, like I'm a conceptual type of thinker. So every show, there's a, there's a concept to it. Like, we're, we're, we're telling a story. It's not just like we're showing up, grabbing the mic, and just performing. So it's like, you know, there's like almost like an intro, and then like a, a like a middle, and then the ending. So they, and like the whole story that we're telling in every performance. So it's high energy, um, like just different ways, like, you know, like different ways. Hmm. And so it's like, I mean, that's what we bring. And for myself, like I live for it. Like it, I turn into like a different person completely. I, I find whenever I grab the mic and I'm in front of an audience, like it, 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 it's a blessing to be able to kind of you know control an audience and like like you know ask people to do certain things and then they do it back and and it's same with energy. So it's amazing. That's dope, man. Can you can you tell what kind of audience you have? Uh, um, before you go on or like how soon into your performance were you like, mm. okay, I got me a great audience that really mm. feeling it. Um, honestly, so, um, certain times when we get the gigs and stuff, we kind of have a feel, but whenever we don't, it's like, we, we just trust in that, like in our instincts as to, okay, you know what? Like this is an idea, a concept that would be dope. So like, like, I don't know if you guys ever seen us like on Instagram or not. Mm-hmm. But like uh, but like whenever like uh, one of our trademarks, we always start with like our um, African scarves covered, cause like that's like the beginning of, of, of a story, cause we take people like on a story with us. So already like visually, it doesn't matter who you are, like it always commands like attention to the stage, like who are these guys, like you know, like what what's going on, and from and from there, so like uh, you know, you kind of captured the audience's attention already, and then it's up to us to take them on a ride musically and sonically and just different tones make, make, make sure that they engage so we kind of go into shows expecting people to engage <laughs> like it's, yeah that's dope man yeah I, I've definitely seen checked you guys out and it's so cool uh, what you guys are doing man and I'm so happy man and and of course I'm gonna uh, I think I messed with you the other day about when we get in that EP or that yeah. the LP so looking forward to that because we definitely want to show love by supporting everybody in our in our um, group you know you're part of our group so we want to definitely support you and what you're doing so let us know when you have it um, so uh, but I, I won't won't mess with you about that but um, so like how do you get your uh, what do your your ideas come from are, are you someone who minds from your own life uh, you know will, will we will we get um, stories of your exes or your homies or like where do you get most of your material from everything man it's like so um any and everything so because life life is, 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 is inspirational bro like like we're basically like we're every moment that we're alive it's it's a blessing so everything just inspires like like um so um in 2014 this is like it's kind of like take a step back me and my ex like we broke up now that like, a long relationship like the heart and the day that we broke up is the day that I, I reconnected with my like, with my brother that we remember the music with. And it was almost like a passing of guard. So one thing was ending and like a new thing was starting. And it was, it was so cool because we, you know, we do chill, just you know, do little freestyles here and there. 
and so I would kind of vibe off of them and vice versa. And then the following year, like uh, one of them, he passed away. Like he, mm. like um, he he took his life. Mm. And, and so that when that happened, that was a very um, it shocked me. It's like a, it's a different zone. And so before, it's like when I like you know I I'll, I'll be very wordy and like playful with words and whatnot. You can just give me any word and I can freestyle whatever. And when that situation occurred, it put my mind into a different different zone completely. And so I, I like I went through this whole phase of like battling depression or whatnot. So like so some of the stuff that I would write then would be kind of you know would be from that zone of like being down. But now I find myself in a in like a zone where I've experienced that. And you know the obviously like, you know still having battles here and there, but I see so much more again. Where I, like right now I'm, I'm I'm watching YouTube. I can even like you know what's a freestyle or whatever. I mean it's like it's it's just really from any and everything from different experiences. So yeah, like it's endless. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know it's funny because life keeps giving you more to talk about, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, and then you evolve as well. So, mm -hmm. like the person I was when I was fifteen, obviously, is not the person I am now. So mm -hmm. you can see that in people's work, whether they're an artist, uh, like a, a visual artist or a, a writer or whatever. Like you can see the growth. How would you say the growth of your your um, content has been like over these last uh five so years mm. like i think it it shows in um my ability to tap into different zones of myself and just um being more confident and being able to bring forth ideas that you know, like were, were, were in here and i think in being able to be more vocal and more assertive about what it is like, like i want to do as an artist is really helping us kind of mold our sound and also just our presentation in, in total. It's like I've grown in, in, in just being able to be more confident in my art. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I might ask this question. I want Shannon to answer this one too is mm. um, sometimes you create stuff, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever it is. And it feels good to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> but sometimes the, the, the village, don't like it so how do you deal with that as a creative person like you know where you feel like this is strong stuff i want to put this in there but it just seems like the community or the listening people are just not feeling it how do you deal with that mm. shannon or me? uh both of you guys uh whoever wants to go first i've been talking a lot ladies What's the question? So, like, how do you deal with something that you love, you think is great, but you can tell that the the, the people ain't feeling it? Do you do you keep reworking it? Do you just chug it, or do you say oh, forget it? It's real simple. I don't care. <laughs> I, I write what I feel. I write what ministers to my spirit, mm -hmm. and I write from my heart, and it's an it's an overflow of what's already in my heart whether it's mm -hmm. anger or frustration or longing for love um it, it and stephanie's absolutely right it's personal but it's also relatable um mm -hmm. i don't need everybody to relate to my art i need someone mm -hmm. to relate to my art mm -hmm. and as long as i inspire or re reach one person mm -hmm. then my job is done mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and That's if somebody don't like it go patronize somebody else <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
professional, you would say, go fuck yourself. I, was- <laughs> I had to clear it. I had to clean it up. Oh, hey, what's up, Sybil? I was like, let me be wholesome today. It's Tuesday. <laughs> you know, honestly, like, um, I, like, I fully, like, um, I agree with that. Because I, I find that um, in discovering myself, I, I, I basically know that, yes, my voice belongs as well. And, like, my thoughts and emotions, they are, they, they, like, they come from me. And you know they, they have to come out, and somebody. This is a big world. Somebody's going to relate to something, but, but like the important thing is I'm able to get this out of me. Something like some, somebody's gonna like it. If nobody likes it, at least it's a release. It came out, and you know they can feel like it feels good. So like that's um, that's my like that's my approach. And I also have a question too for both of you guys plus the audience. I want them to chime in as well. Is when you're creating whatever it is, whether it's a movie, in my case, like a screenplay, or you're writing some poetry or some music, and we all have like, okay, so if something, let's say it's a shared experience, like say it's like me and Shannon, right? Something mm-hmm. that happened between us. And mm-hmm. I feel like my process of getting through it is to write something about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, there might be conflict because maybe she doesn't want, you know, that out there like that. So how do you deal with it when you want to write or create something that has to do with other people, but it may not, you want to do it from your point of view, but they may not be wanting that, you know, they may not want, want that out there like that. So is there, is that something to even think about or what? Like, go ahead, Shannon. I just recently did this. Mm. Sorry, mommy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> See, back when I originally shared her story, she was okay with it. But now that I have more platform presence, she's like, I don't know if I want the world to know my business. Mm. <laughs> um, too late. Mm-hmm. I've already shared it. Mm-hmm. They already know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but I write about people all the time. I mean, dismantling daddy dysfunction and all the men I loved after him. Yeah, they all got that smoke in that book. <laughs> I mean, what, I, were the names changed to, to protect the guilty? <laughs> names, but if you know me well enough, mm. you know the seasons in which those stories came about. So. And I and if not if I need to stop saying if when I go on a book tour, mm. if you are in discussion rooms with me, you will have further conversations about things that need to be discussed. Mm. Oh wow! Wow! You hey fellas, you may end up in her book. So uh-huh. if you're gonna date her, you better uh, do it right. I'm correct. <laughs> you were in a book. Oh wow! Oh definitely. Wow. So, what about you, though? If you have a shared experience with someone, but you want to write, because that's what we want to do, right? We want to get our our experiences on paper, or you know, or in a poem, or in a song, or something. Do you give a lot of thought to that, um, or you know, or how do you navigate that? That's a, like, that's a really good question. So, for me, um, I think um, like, em- like empathetically, I try to be like um, always see situations from like the other person's side as well, from my how I was feeling and also how they may have been feeling mm-hmm. so I think it's always done in a way where 
I may probably just like just um like do it in the form of like example. So I'm not like very direct with it. Okay. Let me do it like okay. So like John, like John had a girl and John and then that whatever, whatever, whatever. And then okay, like go like I mean just like and then Susie came along and blah blah blah. Just kind of just like change the names or just really give a scenario where it's, like it could be applicable to anybody. But then a lot of people could probably feel like oh it's about that. It's very covert, subliminal, I guess. That's mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a fine rope because there's something that I wanted to write about. Mm. And um, it, it's something deep and it, it, it affected me deeply, but it also affected someone else very. No, not Shannon. This uh, <laughs> is a long time ago. And it gave me pause because by telling my story, I'm telling her story. You know what I mean? And uh, what's up, Carlos? And uh, so, it, it, you know, it's something that I tabled, but I do at some point. I'm going to write about it, but I, you know, I, you know, I, this is someone I don't talk to anymore. Um, but, it, you know, I'm sure if that when that comes out, that person, if they see it, will definitely know it's about, you know, something that and something that happened between us. So um, and it gave me pause because it's something that. Uh, it's very personal, but it affected me personally too. And I want to write about it from my point of view, but there's no way to do it without, you know, talking about what she went through. So, uh, it's, it's something that I, you know, I've had conversations with other writers about it and I've had different, a lot of different, um, things that writers said. I've had some that say, man, don't worry about it. Forget it. It's your, you know, it's, it's your experience too. Then I've had others that say, man, that's not right. Or, you know, and all of that. So I, I've always liked to talk to creative people about that. When your experiences are, you know, uh, mm. it's tethered to someone else, you know? Mm. So, mm. you know, and sometimes it's not positive for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, go ahead. My turn again. So I'm going back to the statement that my boo, Stephanie said, Art is personal. You go. From the extension of yourself, your art should flow. If it has to encapsulate another human being and that shared lived in experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't want to be a subject in my art matter, <laughs> you should yeah, my life. <laughs> entertain me. You should <laughs> climb in my bed, if you will, because hey. I might write about it. Hey. And I might make a whole bunch of money off of it, and now hey. you have half. Yeah, yeah, like uh, comedians too go through that because it's like, you know, how do you, you know, you want to put somebody in your material, right? Because these experiences are gold, you know, as well. So even though they may not be uh, the best thing for somebody else, so it's definitely something that. Gonna think about it. what's up, Askia is in the house. Uh, you want to do a quick uh chat room shout out? You know, I don't know about his name. Uh, LA, B, Natasha, Luke, Danny, Robert, Maya, Seth, and Rico. Rico and Carlos is in Facebook as well as Kedra and Alan uh Newman is here as well. So, big shout out to those folks. All right, so. Um, one thing, the, the way I got to know you, as most of us in here, was from the elephant room and talking about political issues and stuff like that. And I really enjoy, I really enjoy you guys 
uh, mm-hmm. and what you guys have to, you know, your your points of view. And I really enjoy, you know, what you guys brought to the table. Uh, never mind that person over my shoulder. Uh, she, she getting ice. Um, yeah, they can see you. Uh, and you're being loud. <laughs> but but uh, no, no, it's all good. Uh, so uh, a lot has been going on recently. The 2020 has been crazy from going back. Remember Kobe? <laughs> remember to start off the year and then all the stuff that happened post Kobe as far as um, Snoop Dogg and uh, Gail and then <laughs> she said the rapture is next <laughs> and uh, also you know we have the COVID happening we also have uh, the you know the, um, the, the murders of uh, George Floyd and Aubrey and Brianna, and then yeah, Taylor. I mean Brianna Taylor and it's just been, uh, and then we have the the uh, the rebellion or the riots or whatever you want to call it, as well. Um, and it's so much is going on. One, as a creative person, you want to somehow channel your art to reflect what's going on in the world sometimes. Um, and then also, as a creative person, you may want to channel um, maybe not not your your art for to talk about it but sometimes to to give somebody something else to think about as well mm-hmm. but um i want to just kind of talk about like what, 2020 just break down 2020 from your point of view or like how you know how you've been coping with it how your family is and all of that oh this has been a, a wreck like, <laughs> like from the start so now, it's just, so, so there's been like a lot of um, like people that has passed away in, in my family. The, like right before Kobe, um, the father of my, my nieces, like uh, he passed away, which was like like a, like a, like a, a big shock to, to all of us. Mm. Like, and my then condolence. and then obviously like um, uh, and then Kobe, that was like like uh, like uh, another shock as well. And then basically like. Um, at the same time, too, I was kind of transitioning back into my uh, my daytime employment as well, and like um, I do finances and stuff. So that was like a, a new adjustment, and then basically having to deal with everything that like, with the lockdown that was crazy. And then recently, basically, like uh, a lot of the bullshit that's going on in regards to basically um, us, like the attack on melanated folks. Um, that's another craziness, and but like in all of that too, there's like you know like <laughs> it's mm. just been like a very uh, like emotionally this is it, it's been a lot, it's been like a lot of things that's like that's going on, mm-hmm. and I like personally I don't know how I'm, I'm processing everything. Like um, I think I'm I'm reverting this back into um, survival mode rather. I, I, Kind of basically, like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably shutting things down, or maybe I'm, I'm doing the things better. I, I, I'm not sure. Mm. So I'm, I'm in the zone where I'm like, hey, maybe um, you know, I'm doing things better. So I'm, I may not be affected, but I am being affected. <laughs> it's like it's, it's just the zone. It's, it's weird. Mm. Do you feel like creatively you're more activated, or has it um, dulled maybe some of your creativity with all of these crazy yeah. things? Um, in in different areas, um, certain things have taken a blow, like like um, like 
a seat on the back burner. And in some areas, like my my because like being creative is like my response to everything. So um, there's like for example, I've created like 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 different platforms which are meant for healing first. So now I know I noticed that basically a lot of like my personal work, such as my poetry and like my, my music itself, I haven't been given it as, as much time that that you know that that I like as much as I used to before, which is like, like I mean like everything ha- has a season, but um that like yeah like it's it, it's like a positive and a negative thing like it just depends on like um the perspective. Me as an artist, I have. Um, I mean, my live shows, I have songs and stuff, and very, very, but as far as new material, there's a lot going on. I don't have enough time to dedicate to like my new craft. But, like, because there's a lot that I, I literally want to basically say. Mm-hmm. Like, just having the time to sit down and do it is like, I don't have that luxury, which is like crazy. But then on the on the flip side, I like I, I like the solutions that I'm conjuring up for myself, family, and community. Hopefully everybody as well. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just in a space where. Hmm. No. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen it uh, a lot of different ways. I've seen people get more activated. Like people before mm. 2020 kind of had a block, and then 2020 unblocked them. You know, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. all this stuff that was going on, and I've seen it in reverse too. So, mm-hmm. um, it's very interesting uh, how, you know, these events affects different people, including myself. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think one thing is you're getting a lot of people who are suddenly awakened, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's a lot. It's like all of a sudden they've taken that blue pill. I'm mean, no wait, the red pill, my bad. Blue pills, Viagra, uh, <laughs> the, the red pill. And now they're like, oh, man, this matrix is crazy, you know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really interesting to see people uh see like their eyes get open to a lot of the things that we've been talking about for the longest um, yes yeah and a yeah. lot of y'all, y'all's topics was touching yep. up on things that are now people want to talk about now so and and i mean sorry, sorry to cut you like mm-hmm. but i think maybe for me it, it kind of contributes a bit to my, my i don't say numbness because like i feel like i'm sometimes i'm in a position where it's like yo a lot of these shits were going on before <laughs> right now and yes they are being filmed now but it's like I feel like I'm in a place where it's like to be frank and honest with you I am not in, like in the mood to go and like basically like, protest like like mm-hmm. nobody what like I am strictly solution based right now I don't care to basically like go in front of like uh, the police or the system and ask and, and, and ask them to stop treating me poverty or treatment I don't care to ask them or involve them in my my healing. What I like, what where I am right now, is that I want to know, like, I want to find like-minded folks who are basically willing to build and just like, yo, let's literally just focus on us, build, 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 and that's all that I really care about. Like, it, it hurts and it breaks my heart everything that, 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 that that's going on, and like I've seen these, these attacks on, on our bodies. From like for me me personally, like um especially like, like back then when I was like I'm gonna do Diallo's case with something that it, like I was very much aware of as, as a young person. And then recently like um it, like along with Trayvon's um, murder, it was like I had like a, a spiritual reconnection then and it kinda guided me all the way to 
moment where I'm not I'm not in space basically like uh, yeah I, I just want to like like solution 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 that's it that's really what I want. You know what's interesting is there's been um, protests all over the world, like uh, mm-hmm. in Japan. They said it was in Japan and in Brazil and London, and uh, so it's it's become fashionable, bro. Yeah, it's like like like, um, like it's like a trend that, that, that I think a lot of people are hopping, are like they're hopping on, and basically it's it's a trend for basically like for them to just like oh it's cool hey look at me I typed on my keyboard I. I went in the streets and and just fucking prayed and yelled. But a lot of people they don't really understand the root of the pain. Mm-hmm. They, like they're not really living like the, like the melanated experience. Mm-hmm. So for them, and, and and I think one time myself and LA we were at this meeting in one of her um, school seminars, and there was this Caucasian man. I think LA makes reference to this a lot. He was telling us about how he basically, um, for him, he could you know have them turn on FTV. And then basically, like, you can see a child cry, like, on the TV. But the minute he turns off, like, the, like, the news, he, he's back in his world and in the sanctuary of his home and everything. So he's very, very much removed from it. While as a kid in, in that TV still living, that reality of, like, bombs and everything, like, happening from that trauma. And I think a lot of people right now, what's going on is that basically, like, they literally have um, hashtag Black Lives Matter, um, like, Black, like, the, the, the whole screen go and basically like black leg march with people but they still don't they're not connected to that pain as much as like the people living it right and so for me that's what basically for me personally like um i'm like i said solution based so like i am also being together and everything as a like as a global at the global ecosystem but my thing is like before getting to any relationship personal as an individual, I've learned to like know myself, love myself, and basically, you know, like so I could I could fully be the best me in in a relationship. So, as a community, like why why can't we you know reconnect with ourselves and know ourselves on a, on a deeper level and like respect ourselves, build systems for ourselves, and you know, and then basically like then interact with others afterwards. But I, I find that like people are not giving us the time to like. Like properly, I don't want to say digest our pain, but like it's it's something doesn't feel real for me in, in, in like all these times like that, that's going on. So mm-hmm. I just literally just you know I just literally just um I don't know like I'm I'm looking for solutions, solutions, solutions. Yeah, so solutions are very important. I I believe um, protest is supposed to be the jumping off point. It, yes. it is not the end point. Right. So things that can be done either. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think when people kind of understand that, that it's mm-hmm. fine to protest as long as the protest mm-hmm. leads to progress. Action. So, you know. Like, proper action. Right. Like, like so. for me, because like, and the thing like that, my, and I'm sorry, like this is something I, I get really passionate about because these protests and stuff they've been going on for like for how long now? How many years? That <laughs> Ever. Protest, like, exactly. <laughs> so like. It's insanity, like to keep doing the same things, same things. And I, and I mean, don't get me wrong, there is advancements, but there's advancements in like under like the construct where they you're just given a little, a little piece of the pie, and then okay, cool, you're satisfied, and then boom, something else happened, 
and it's like you know you protest, you push me in, and then you get you get a lot of people apart. Nah, bro. Like both times, are like they're done. Like we, like literally, we need something else. We can't be out here just marching and just like like just like marching for like 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 with the wrong messages. For me now, like like, like so I was telling LA, if I'm do a march, and this is a march that I'm actually organizing globally, and I'm telling you guys right now, it's called a solutions march, meaning that. So for example, if I, like, I'm writing something, I, I, I'm gonna write what I do, my skills, what it is I'm looking for, and, I, and I, I'm gonna march, and I, I want other people to, to basically like, to do the same thing. So that we we, we reconnect like that, and just build. Cause I'm out here like asking, them, but like, no, just no peace. Like, they, we've been doing that for a long time, bro. I know, that's, that's old school. Uh, you know, just no peace, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's very. Uh, these are some interesting times, and I'm glad that uh, some people are getting their awakening. Uh, I, I I call it like a new Christian syndrome. You you you, <laughs> you, you ever get it where somebody find, they found Jesus and he wasn't lost, but they found him and then now all of a sudden they're super hardcore Christian. You know, they like mm-hmm. they said I can't eat, I won't even listen to the Temptations now. That's se- secular, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never, you never seen that before. So, yeah, I call it new Christian syndrome. Um, but uh, you know, so it's it's this newly newly woke syndrome uh, is going on around here too. But you know, I mean, it's uh it's good to a certain degree, and you know, hopefully, eventually, um, those people will settle into. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh i want to um before we say goodbye um uh now you're originally from africa right ghana right and um for those who've never been to ghana myself included Mm -hmm. yes um because we we did talk a lot about canada and new york but um what can you tell us about uh ghana and um, have you been as an adult and um you know and some maybe um things that we don't know about ghana so um i the, the part of my goal is to go back and eventually move back to ghana okay and um what i do know is basically based on everything that i learned growing up because like, i was born there and i haven't been back since i've i've been in north america oh but wow I'm, but i've stayed in touch with all the countries over there and like i know the mindset from ghana and i think Africa is like the next place, like the concept of Africa is the next place for which you never need to, to consider uh, mm-hmm. moving to. Not, not, not you have to, but at least consider. Mm-hmm. And I say that because there's so much that that's going on there. There's so much um, opportunity. Like if you basically like for being around people that that resembles you, mm-hmm. and also like like because here how they have white privilege. You have foreign privilege as well. Mm-hmm. Like this, um, it, it's this thing where you are considered, like I guess, whatever. Like, like you're considered top of the line or some, some whatever. But like I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's the best thing, but as an American Canadian or like an outsider, an outsider, when you go there, people will treat you with, with a respect that you probably have not, never experienced before. Mm. Like, like, like the stereotypes that you, you do see in movies. Hey, you, you are an African queen. Blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. how they just like court like American women and whatnot. That's very real. And over there, it's like 
the money has a lot of power mm. like you feel at home it's like to me Africa is like the, like the place to be okay so you speak the, the language uh, fluently yeah, right yeah, and what's it you call it it's Ga so you have Ga Tree and then it's like you have Fanti as well oh okay uh, which one do you speak all three. Oh dang excuse me would you speak he speaks all three of those and Spanish and French and English you need to my bad my bad so uh okay so which um what's the the main one is guy um no tree so tree like um tree is in like the ashanti region oh, okay and is so when you go to Accra and things like that the capital mm-hmm. the people over there like they, they speak god mm-hmm. like uh, tree is like the most known one okay god. so if you know if you have no tree you're pretty set yeah, yeah you're good yeah and, and over there's like they were colonized by British, so they like English is the official language, so everybody speaks English in Ghana. Oh, okay, yeah. so you, you good, you, you good. Oh, yeah, oh man, yeah, yeah. honestly, like Ghana is gonna be like, like Ghana is already. This, I don't know if you guys heard about the year of return, but mm-hmm. Ghana, I was supposed like, to go in August, exactly. You know what I mean, like Ghana is the place to be, and, I, and like I, for me, I have a feeling like Senegal is gonna be next, but Africa is a place to be, so like you guys, seriously, seriously, think. Well, wow, um, just look and see what the opportunities are. I'm going to get my my dual citizenship. So yes, I love him. So two things that we always care about. Mm-hmm. Got it. I know you haven't been there in a while, but you know about it. What? The cuisine and the ladies. <laughs> will get blown away because like if you've never had like um either african food from anywhere in africa i would highly recommend it like find local places like in your city and and, you know have little like americanized taste of it but once you're on the continent and from obviously what i know from my home and everything it's amazing african cuisine is amazing and african women are just (laughs) say it again for the people in the back Beautiful. <laughs> you know, I had, we had to give him a shout out since we we did the Canada, so I had to say that for last for sure. Um, so, um, what can we expect from you? I know you do a thing on Mondays. Um, yes. So, uh, what can we expect from you? Tell us about your thing on Mondays. Okay, so um, on Mondays I have an open mic. Uh, it's it's a bit different. It's called the dark room sessions, and um, basically what it is, it's a space for people to come and be themselves their authentic selves so it's um like i used to have it in a real physical place before the lockdown happened but now it's on ig live and the whole thing is that we start off with a meditation from 8 to eight twenty, and then uh to come on you gotta be like you know like you know shut the lights off and to, like you know basically like have your instance of camera going just create a vibe vibe with us and, you know like like fit your piece or whatnot like it's on my ig live and then, like, and then, like, if you don't mind, I'll tell you about myself. Like, two more miles on Wednesdays, I have this thing. It's called Flight Six Five Four. We take a, a flight from the six border to GTA to the fifty-four countries of Africa. Mm. So we tell people about Africa, different co- countries, and things like that. And on okay. Sundays, like, like this one is very close to my heart. It's called Beyond the Five Minutes, and that one is where, like, um, I bring on different males, different male perspective, so, mm-hmm. so people understand about what brothers go through because people say man don't speak a lot or you know like we suppress a lot of emotions so it's just a space for people to first of all just let brother vent 
talk about whatever for people to understand so we could build from there those are like my three platforms all right man all right and um so if if somebody walked uh saw you on the street you want them to call you <laughs> whatever they whatever they, they like to call them um <laughs> well like they could call me up mike truth boogie michael like, <laughs> dude I, 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 yeah. that's my name for him nobody hey. else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I say boogie. So, uh, hey, hey, all right. Hey, so, hey, how hey. can we get you on social media? So, I'm on basically. I'm on Instagram as at m i c t r u t h so Mike underscore Truth, and then um, basically on Facebook, that's where you get the boogie, the cab. So, it's different size of me, but. It's like another story, but like a real important, though, like a, a big plug that I want to do for the next platform. This is solution based. Um, talking about everything we're going through right now, so I, I started like a new page where I want everybody to tag to tag me and send me a list of black owned um, businesses in, in their area. Oh, okay. And we're actually literally just going to basically just you know just highlight, kind of make us connect and share it. So it's, it's on a page that I call Pika. It's tree for our money. So okay, yeah. all right. Um, I don't know. Am I following that? Uh, if, if, uh, please, if you hey, um, send me I'm the yeah. link, and I'll make sure everybody else gets it. Thank you, man. I thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate it. You know, I'm a big fan of what you do, man. You're a great brother, and um, hopefully, uh, when I'm finally up there in Toronto, we can connect. So, Absolutely. or or you or you do your tour. And you are, you know, you come LA. through LA too, right? So, hey. <laughs> so either or, right, or both, right? So, yeah, for real, absolutely. Whenever you guys are in Canada, mm-hmm. Shannon, Kente, you guys are welcome, and like we will like treat you guys the best time. Ever. We won't, we won't be together, but yeah. Hey. You know what? We're going on a Mars Venus tour, okay, <laughs> Shannon? You're coming with me. So, are you part this Mars and Venus tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm bringing oh. you. You you ain't sending no puppy support, but you funding tours. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna get a bus. We're getting a bus. We're gonna uh, you know travel like a rock group. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to bar with LA when I come to Toronto. All right, there that's what's go. up. That's what's up. All right, Shannon, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Well, everything is still the same. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Shannon Ford, like the president, type in Jefferson, like the president. <laughs> oh, you can go to my website, ShannonFordJefferson.com. <laughs> that it. But yeah, you can check me out on my own website. Um, here on Mondays with this big head. Um, and that's about it. I mean, I'm on Facebook on Sundays on live promoting mm. my book. So yeah, that's what I do. What about you? Hey, how can we get you? You can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. Of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. Tomorrow night, we'll be back with another Canadian uh, uh, guest, uh, Noje, better known as Bish Funny. And uh, so that'll be really fun uh, to chop it up with her. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Uh, we probably won't be heavy on the Canadian uh uh, commentary, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we will be talking about comedy and her origin story and all that good stuff. So that is tomorrow night, right here, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. 
And also, Friday, we'll be joined by Carlos Phoenix. So, uh, and we're going to talk um, some tech and about uh, taking advantage as because we're all streamers and podcasters and stuff. And we're going to be talking about ta- how we can take advantage of um, of uh, these times right now and uh, just, you know, different tips and, and whatnot. So that might be some of you guys might find that enjoyable. And, and then plus, you know, uh, he's a fun, interesting guy. So we'll, we'll chop it up and talk about life as well. So with all that said, you guys, I uh, will be I'll be here for the uh, post show. Um, but uh, you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless you and peace. Peace. Have-